Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first episode, but episode two of the Full Metal Alchemist. This is the problem we have with the Death Note show as well. We're going to be doing, me and Ruben here are going to be doing a read-through of Full Metal Alchemist. This is episode two that we're starting with, but if you are confused by that, episode one is actually the Manga Monday show that me and Luke did a Full Metal Alchemist, and that was just put on the feed as we're recording this past week. So go and check that out. But I'm here to start this with Ruben. What up, Ruben? Hey, Jim. How's it going? Uh, lovely. We're here. And you ended up at the end of me and Luke talking. You were reading Full Metal Alchemist, and you have really enjoyed it way more than Prince of Tennis, I hear. That's the room. <laughs> that is, that's what Luke said. What? Why is Ruben not doing a Prince of Tennis? Yeah, podcast. I said he's really into the Full Metal Alchemist. He really is. Yeah. Well, granted, I'm up to chapter 266 of Prince of Tennis, so I think there's a bit for you guys to catch up. That is true. <laughs> odd if we're going to start that podcast, but yes, yes, and that would be an odd <laughs> one to come. Easier. Yeah, this is plus it's a little more popular overall. Uh, I would yes, say yeah. that this is more of a money maker than say the Prince of Tennis. Though so you'd probably get a dedicated following to the Prince of Tennis there. And I would call it uh, a 30 Love, the Prince of Tennis podcast. That would just be me out of nowhere calling it that. But we're here to talk Full Metal Alchemist because you have really been enjoying it. It's something that you have grown to love even more now. How? What chapter are you up to this? Oh, uh, geez. I think I'm through the first five volumes, whatever that ends up being. So not too, I, I basically stopped once we started. That's the same as what Jason did with Death Note. I am, uh, I'm up to chapter two. As we go and read this, I remember <laughs> back in the day, I did read the first volume, had the first volume, and then watched the anime. I talk about it on the Manga Monday, but Tanya wouldn't let me and my son, Zach, who at the point was probably about five, and she would not let him watch it. It only came to the point where I think she walked in the room, and there was a fight scene of some sort going on, and she ends up seeing a big thing of armor. I don't know. And she's like, that's not appropriate. We can't watch it. So we just stopped <laughs> watching it, and then that was it. I, if that wouldn't have happened, I may have been the biggest expert on Full Metal Alchemist. But yeah, that ended yeah. my Full Metal watched, Alchemist days. I watched a good portion of the anime. I don't think I ever finished it. And I thought it was okay, but I didn't understand the hype. And actually, I found the manga to be a lot more engaging. Now, yeah. yeah, and we liked, me and Luke liked the first chapter. Then we go into this, and you asked me if you wanted to do this. And we've been thinking, because if... You know, people are aware, me and you did the X-Men show on <laughs> the the Marvel side of things and our Marvel stuff, and I bailed. And, and I felt bad yeah. because I wasn't bailing on you. I was bailing on the books. And to this day, you still try to goad me into getting angry oh, and yeah, slack any time. I'm like, of, yeah, I just always have to, interest. and I can't, I can't <laughs> keep from, you know, putting in snide remarks in the slack. Yes. But we were going to do a bunch of things just to let everybody know we were going to do a G.I. Joe podcast at one point. And then when you ended up saying that you love the Full Metal Alchemist and we were trying to add some stuff to the manga side, I said, you want to just do this? And that's what we're going to go and do. So you end up like, all right, we're all pumped up. We're going to do it. And then you read the, the second chapter and you send me a message. Yeah, this is a pretty down chapter. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, no, this will be the start of the thing, and, and you're not really into it. It's still yeah. pretty good, though. Yeah, exactly. It's not bad as in, like, the, what am I doing? It's just, like you said, just set up, right? And actually, it's good character development. I mean, there's some things in here that I really love. You get a really good sense of what the 
power set is and the rules that govern it, right? And I actually think that's really important because you were comparing this to another uh, manga, which I think is garbage. The uh, the one with the gemstones. Yes, yes, yeah. And the, uh, I think that was just this thing, the uh, diamond in the rough that I yeah, ended up saying rough, that yeah. you might like it only because of the stones and stuff. But yeah. pretty much at this point, me and, me and Luke have kind of dropped that one from the regular show anyway. But yeah. There's so much in that where I'm just like, what the hell is going on? Like, what can these people do, right? Like, here, you have a really good sense of this is what he can accomplish. And this is why it's different than what a normal alchemist can do. And I like it. I like it, too. And after that first chapter, you know, you end up setting up some intriguing things. You have, you know, I mean, the craziest deal. You have two brothers. One has a, you know, metal arm and leg. The other one's just a suit of armor in this starting out. Looks like he's got an apron on all that stuff. That's and it's fun. But I wanted to know more. And you get in this chapter and you get it. I mean, you really get the biggest thing of this whole series right away in this because of the idea. And this is chapter two, the price of life. And we end up having Father Carnello in this town is pretty much doing miracles, doing things through alchemy, but making it seem like he's, you know, doing the anything he can do. And they think, you know, having Elric and Alphonse have that this guy has the Philosopher's Stone. That's what they were after all along. And it's a funny thing at the end of chapter one, or even you go into chapter one, you're like, is this it? Like, this is what <laughs> they have been trying to get the whole day. And you didn't yeah. quite know. And it, it's it's a shame for me. I don't know if you think the same deal. I'm kind of, I think it's a shame now because, again, I read the first volume back in the day. The one thing that I did remember that will go, and it's no spoiler because we'll get to this, is that they were trying to bring back their mother. And it had awful results. And I wish that I had that, like, wow factor again of, oh, my God, what's going on? Oh, my God, that's what happened. Because they keep going with the idea of being serious with alchemy, but also talking about how you shouldn't bring things back and dead, sometimes dead is better, stuff like that, because we have the girl Rose that wants to bring back a lover, as you reminded me. Um, So you have that, but you find out why right away. And you even have, you know, they've committed the worst possible sin. You you keep going with that Icarus kind of tie-in deal that's okay. But we go back with a flashback to see exactly what happened. And I like And it's funny, too, because I believe this is through Alphonse, which I always thought in my mind that Elric, it all runs through him. But I like that the way this is explained here about what ended up happening and you tell them what happened with all this back in the day yeah so the elric brothers seem to have a father who was not around very much and they had a mother who was uh very loving and that they were very connected to and for some reason which we don't think learned at this juncture she died and so the brothers joined together and started setting alchemy under the theory that maybe they can bring her back to life through transmutation. And it seems like they, that, you know, using alchemy on humans is forbidden. So this is sort of, you know, prohibited behavior, but they don't particularly care to follow the rules. And they, I guess, through their studies come to some conclusion that like, they have a foolproof way to bring her back. And I I like here that, you know, you end up having Alphonse really Relying on Edward, too, saying he's the best. You know, he he definitely could do this. Uh, And with that, it it just it goes horribly wrong. And they're telling Rose this, the idea you don't want to try to do this. And anybody who says it's possible or is going to say, 
you know, even when they did succeed, kind of, I guess, right? They bring <laughs> just something back. Good. Yeah, exactly. They bring something back. Basically, they, they set up a transportation circle. They do a summoning. He loses his leg and arm. Or I guess he loses his leg first and his brother, um, both killed. And then some sort of monstrosity <laughs> is brought back, which we don't actually see at this point, which is good, right? I think we just kind of see a little bit of some sort of lurching demon right it's it's pretty scary i mean just the idea and i do like that thing though that you see that edward did have to give up a lot to bring back alphonse just his you know soul and put it into that armor because again they remind you you have to have equal deal you have to give up something important get back something important and all of this you know it ended up where they didn't even get what they wanted. I mean, maybe it would have been better. It, it, you get your mom back. Okay, I can deal with this. We'll figure out the armor deal with that. But, yeah. but they didn't even get that. I mean, it was it was a total bust. And yeah, and so with that too, I like the idea where he gets his leg just ripped off. That thing just goes off. But then he says to Alphonse, listen, and this is Edward saying, I could only get your soul back with my arm that's all they'd give me that was but so i put you in the armor but i i just love and this is the big thing about this throughout is that i just love you know the the brother love there the brotherly love between them and and having that sacrifice and things like that and how much they rely on each other and only have each other and really even not even just they only have each other the idea that nobody else is going to understand exactly what's going on anyway but yeah you end up having them say that's what happens when you try to raise the dead don't listen to this guy and and the weirdest thing about this is is that you're really playing off this idea that rose is going to end up like oh right i like these three right i can't wait to keep going (laughs) at the end they're like sayonara and just leave it's very odd the way that it goes because i was kind of getting attached to her and i thought that she was having some progression even though at points she's like, nah, I still think I'll go here, you know, whatever. But you do end up having this big deal where they're trying to get that stone. They're trying to get the Philosopher's Stone from Father Cornello, who is kind of just using it just for his own good. And and that's the, the big thing about it, too, is you get that deal where, first off, he's just, uh, you know, doing a lot of chicanery anyway. But... He's using it just to try to make people follow him. And then he has, you know, more nefarious plans. But still, they need that stone to get now, get back Alphonse's. But, like, they're doing a lot of things trying to do this now. And, again, it isn't just, okay, I messed up with mom before. Let's try that again. They just want to be back to normal and get on with things. But they're not particularly altruistic, right? Like, they have a mission to basically restore their bodies. <laughs> and that's it, right? Like, they're not trying to save the kingdom. They're not... No. They, I don't even think they really care about Rose, really. I think that they just want her to stop. Yeah, they yeah. want her to not have that problem happen. Now, with that, one thing that they do seem to be triggered by a lot is the idea of somebody claiming they're, you know, something or using alchemy in a different way or trying to pervert the whole deal because... You know, he is a a state alchemist as well. I mean, he is a big deal. He knows what he's doing. And he knew right away that this Father Canelo was up to no good and kind of a hack. He even says, you're a third-rate hack who can't do anything without that stone. In my mind, trying to goad him into either like, oh, yeah, well, look at, well, he can't. We know, you know, he knows he can't. But they are trying to 
you know, get them to mess up, get them to do something that they can stop. But right away, I mean, I like this chapter for the point where, again, you do see the brothers, you know, teaming up together as they do, but also see why, you know, Alphonse is a, a big giant suit of armor. And you see, they tried, you get that, the feels of them trying to bring back their mother. Um, but with this, I don't know, by the end, like you said, I don't know that I'm on the edge of my seat. Like, oh, my God, this Father Cornello. And, in fact, this is kind of just, you know, let's set up some rules. He's there as a villain to set up the rules, and then let's move on. Because as you go, you have a big fight. Now, the fight's okay, right? Sort of a continuation from the last fight. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing special. It's nothing crazy. You end up having Father Cornello trying to gather up the villagers. Hey, these these guys, they're they're trying to hurt me. Let's go. You do have some cool things you said. Some fun transmutation stuff, right? Yeah. So, like, Father Cornell has, a like, a walking cane, and he transmutes it into a Gatlin gun. And so then Ed- Edward is, like, raising walls to shield himself. And the, the fancy thing with him is, similar to Cornello with his stone, Ed can transmute things with his hands, not having to do the transmutation circles. Makes his arm into this huge sword. You know, yep. it, it's pretty cool. Even then, even when you see that when he's doing it and he's laughing, and he looks pretty, pretty crazy. I mean, you yeah. end up where he does that shabam deal as he makes this deal. And the, these people all run off. But the big thing is They're running away still from Cornella. Rose is there. They're trying to save her, but she, like you said, they don't seem to be that interested in her, and she just keeps flip-flopping anyway. They're mostly just trying to save her because she is the member of his congregation who heard that he's just trying to use the villagers to form his own army. And so they think if they take her to the villagers, she'll spill the beans, and then his whole scheme will be over. I also get the idea that they want her to stop following him because, like, oh, he's nothing, and look at us. But they don't want yeah. her to follow them either. It's just they're so mad that they're, everybody thinks that this Cornello is just so great. Well, it's yeah. funny because they're just running down the hall, and they, they kind of stop. Like, what's, what's that room? Because it, it looks like uh, probably, you know, your desk right now. It looks like a <laughs> podcast. This room there with the yes. mic. You got a thing. And, oh, what's that? Oh, that's the broadcasting room. This is where Father Cornello delivers his sermons. And we saw that. He does these sermons over the loudspeaker in town. And I just like, Ed's like, oh, really? Oh, he's got a bad idea. I like that. All five's like, oh, my, what's going to go on here? And basically, we play the game of the hot mic. Uh, with that, I thought it was cool, this progression where you end up having the townsmen. They're going to ring the, the town bell, you know, the church bell in the middle of the town. And Alphonse, you see him walking away with it. He just has it over his shoulder and he's walking away as they end up making this just huge amplified deal where they're going to transmute stuff. They're going to do all this stuff into this where also Cornello is going to, you know, pretty much spell out his plan. I mean, this is the whole deal where you have Ed in the office with the, you know, the, the mic, which for some reason, Cornella doesn't see. It seems to be just laying on the floor. Yeah. Um, but the the big thing is to get him to tell his plan. And I do think that the way this is set up is actually pretty good because of the idea that this guy, Father Cornello, is a hothead. He likes to bluster about. He, he likes to, you know, just tell how great he is. And he thinks he's the be-all, end-all and is going to end up 
with what he thinks. He, uh, it seems he does think he has the Philosopher's Stone, ends up where he's going to be able to control everybody and pretty much calls everybody, you know, sheep and this and they're morons. They don't know. But you go because he's just, you know, going on and on about how he's going to take over the world, right? Yeah, essentially. I mean, he gives the villain speech and everyone in the town hears it because Alphonse has the bell that's been hooked up to this hot bike and it's projecting mm-hmm. into the town. So even though... Do you think he needed to do that? I guess you want to get a little more, but it seemed like this was being broadcast anyway, but I guess this makes it more of everybody, even people walking around, everybody will hear it. Do like when he's just sitting there with that bell, he's got the wire connected to it. Very good with that there. It looks like even if you go and some of the, the steampunk stuff in this, I really do like, even looks like he's got like a little clamp there and batteries. Pretty cool. But he ends up broadcasting. You do see it's like, Old ladies reading books. I think these guys are shooting stick down at the pool hall. Uh, one guy spills the, the coffee. The coffee. Yeah, it. Even though he's it. just yep. looking at the radio still. But yeah, everybody's like, holy crap, what is this? And they're just, they're all being told that they're all morons. You know, they look, ah, oh, these people, they'll follow me, whatever. They're idiots. They don't even know what's going on. And then Ed's like, oh, by the way, look, I have the switch on. And he's like, oh my God. And looks and the mic's laying right at his feet. And yeah, this was all broadcast and you end up now that you have, you know, Father Canelo, like, I- I'm going to kill you. I-, I'm- I have to do this now. Gin right? tries to transmute his cane into a gun, but this time he's up close. And so Ed quickly transmutes his arm into a sword and cuts cuts it in half. And Cornello tries to transmute it again, this damaged weapon. And this time it screws up and like some freakish, horrific oh, yeah. thing happens where like his hand gets like fused with a gun and it's just like it looks painful <laughs> he falls to the ground screaming um you ever see that movie existence way back no, no. Uh, it's like a cronenberg movie that's what okay. this looks like it looks horrific it really does as he's yelling about his arm but you continue because yeah at this point it looks like ed's gonna be able to i mean they might be done their whole mission here Yep, because he's there with the stone, right? So yeah, he grabs Cornello and he's telling him, "Get over your pain." <laughs> yeah, it explains to him that you know he screwed up the transmutation and that's what happened. And then just basically give me the ring. I don't care about anything that's going on here. And then the gem in the ring breaks and shatters. The, what's supposed to be the philosopher's stone breaks. Philosopher's stones don't seem to break like that. Yeah. And they realize it's it's a fake. And that's where you end up. Having Ed say it's a fake and he's like, oh, my God, I'm powerless about the stone. Now, I like that what this sets up, because seriously, that fake still did a lot of stuff, right? Yeah, that the idea it really in my mind sets up like, holy crap, what is the Philosopher's Stone actually going to be able to do if that was a fake? Holy moly. And uh, yeah, he ends up where now Cornello. He's done I mean he has spelled out Now I do like the idea that Even with it breaking He still has that horrific hand Like it wasn't like that Ended up like Okay with the stone breaking Everything goes back It does not He has an awful deal And that's where now Almost in the idea of Okay we're going to really show you What Ed can do And he freaks out I mean this whole deal And he makes this giant stone golem that it, it's just humongous. And it just like raises up out of all of the, the rock and it just goes up there. And I actually thought when it first went down, I thought Cornella was completely dead. I thought that it landed yeah. on him 
And it didn't, though, because then you see, like, he's right behind it. Also looks like he fully peed his pants. I want to mention. Right. I mean, I I guess that's that. Right. (laughs) He's having problems. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, because Ed's pissed. He says it's a fake. This was a waste of time. Just when I thought we were going to get Alphonse's body back, you know, we find out this. And, yeah, and and I I like Alphonse says we need to worry about you first. You know, auto mail has a lot of problems and stuff like that, where that's why I do like it. Also, I love the fact that Alphonse is the little brother and he's just this gigantic armor. It's so cool. Um, But, yeah, he's like, we got to look elsewhere. I'd say we get some interesting things about his power set, which seems like he's even more effective when he's angry because he doesn't do anything this powerful. And then you could even go with the idea that he keeps that in check when he isn't, you know, I'm not going to go. But, yeah, that that was pretty impressive. Now, with this, they kind of look because they're talking and it's it's almost like, well, you know, we've been traveling around a lot. It's a shame we thought we were done here, but all right. And they're they're just going to leave town. I mean, and they yeah. do. But the idea, they're leaving people's lives in shambles. This town yeah. and, and like Rose, she was really counting on getting her, I like to say it, lover back. But also her whole mindset, her whole philosophy on any, it's, it's just been destroyed. And they're just going to yeah. leave. Like, what is this town going to end up doing now? Yeah. And she's like, what do I do now? And, then, and Ed's just like, you need to figure that out on your own. <laughs> I was like, She's like, whatever. I, we got we got other things to do. Like, you really think that? And it, I guess that's the play. You really think they're gonna say, "Listen, come with us. We'll figure some things out. We're not gonna get your lover back, but maybe you can find a town down the way." And then yeah. she just sticks around. I mean, I'm telling you, there are gonna be a lot of people in this town. They do get the the forks, you know, pitchforks and torches to take Carnello down. There's people in this town that aren't going to know what to do. They've just been followers. Cornello's right at points, you know, the idea, yeah. they do whatever I want. I think that a lot of people didn't mind that. And you, you do have that times when, you know, you end up where, yeah, it might not have been the greatest thing, but I don't know that these people at that point, their lives were horrific. But yeah, she doesn't know what to do. She goes, what am yeah. I supposed to do? Huh? Are you going to tell me, you know, and she says, and he's like, you need to figure that out on your own. As he does look a little pensive, but also looks angry. Like, why are you wasting my time? We got a train to catch. (laughs) They They have an agenda. They're very focused on their mission, right? And they don't particularly care if it ruins the lives of others. I mean, they have a small, a small bit of goodness in them, right? It's more towards each other, though. But, but again, I think they roll into the town and there is a guy who is, it's the, Philosopher's Stone alchemy that that gets them to stop all this. If this yeah. guy would have been just some politician who's a lot of, but I think they would have just moved on. They wouldn't yeah. even cared. I swear to yeah. God, when when they're walking away, I I was half expecting to hear a gunshot in the back. Like she just, <laughs> she, she looks up, look she's at like, her. <laughs> she's looking, crying, looking into the sky. I think she, she's god here here's your fix they don't realize she has the philosopher's stone now she's dead it, it's pretty brutal them just like eh, whatever you gotta fit i just love not even any advice like hey listen don't follow people as much or maybe something you're stronger than you believe yeah you something like that the dead or i don't know you gotta figure that out yourself <laughs> oh my god seriously uh, yeah. But yeah, you end up having Cornello. He's like, I'm in big, big trouble. And he ends up 
barring up the door. Everybody's running. They're they're having problems, and that's the big thing where he goes down like a basement or whatever to complain. And uh, this actually surprised me to the point where I'm like, okay, this is a huge thing. Is there's big things in this? Yeah, because he goes down to complain. What happened to this philosopher's stone? It was a fake. What's going on? And you see that he got it from lust and gluttony. They're yeah. just hanging out. Gluttony's just eating. Well, he's eating the manticore. The manticore, which was supposed to be this amazing thing. She's in the disgusting. First... Eating that lust is there and caused a lot of problems. They're mad at him. But they seem, again, that's a game to them, the way they're yep. playing it. And he's pissed. What are you doing? It wasn't the philosopher's stone. It broke into pieces. It was a fake. How dare you? You know, you get a little grit How of that. How dare you? And um, I mean, lust is pretty much on point. You think we'd give you the real philosopher's stone? I mean, seriously? But they yeah. did give him a lot of power for what he did have. But yeah, and they, they said we wanted to cause a little chaos. That, that's pretty much what happened. And said, do you think that you would really be the ruler of the country? I mean, you're nonsense. Don't even think. You, you guys are jerks. and uh, Or he's a jerk. And he's pissed off. And then you just have... Can I eat this guy too? And she's like, no, no, you'll get a stomachache if you eat the likes of him. And it's kind of a a fun thing with the idea of like, okay, they're going to leave him just like Rose got left. Nope, no. Lus just puts her finger right through his forehead and he's just spouting blood everywhere. And yeah, they end up saying, you know, well, uh, just when things were starting to go so well, father will be furious. So what should our next plan be? And even though it's gluttony where he has this sigil type deal on his tongue. I mean, I, I'm sure she has it on her chest. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that there are some times when you end up having people who would probably tattoo their tongue, if that's possible. It sounds like ridiculousness, but you have that. Now I thought that that's a cool deal too, where you have lust has it on the chest where she has her, her boobies and you end up having gluttony has it on his tongue because of what he is. And then, yeah, he's trying to eat more things, as he will, uh, get smacked. But, yeah, you end up with the chapter ending where... Well, he eats the corpse of Cornello. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, done. And you have uh, Alphonse and Ed on the train as they're just going to the next spot. They're going to figure out, you know, where this is. And I like the setup where, eh, this isn't tourist country. Like, this is some real backwood stuff where we're going to. It's like a coal town. You end On up the east. having that. Yep. So we'll east end up nation. going to that. Yeah. So uh, I like that. It does set up now. It doesn't really make you at this point. I couldn't say that I love Ed or Alphonse. I think Alphonse is a little more lovable, even though he's a giant suit of armor with spikes and stuff, because at least he seems to care. He's a good person, for sure. Ed has got a bit of goodness, but he's very mission-oriented. Like, he has his goal. He's very centered on what he's got to do, and it's almost the idea he'll be he'll befriend you if, if you can help him. But once that helps, done, he didn't really befriend you. He'll use people, it seems, and he won't really care what happens to you by the end at least at this point he is centered on and again here's the deal you have your little brother who put all his faith in you to do what you said you were going to do bring back their mother you failed at that and then he doesn't his little brother who trusts him so much doesn't have a body so he really is in my mind the idea i screwed this up i have to make it better even with him being a really good alchemist i mean he's one of the best with that he he messed up the big thing and can't seem to 
you know, find this philosopher's stone, uh, which is a cool quest because that is something that isn't just a small potatoes thing. This is huge, the philosopher's stone. But yeah, he wants to get it. And then, again, he wants to bring back his brother's body, I think, before he gets his arm and leg. I, I, I kind of like the arm and leg if it was me. I, at least the arm. Yeah, it seems like having a ready supply of metal that you can transmute is probably pretty effective. Yeah, it's probably pretty. If, if he didn't have that, he'd probably have like a, you know, a, a metal like arm shielding or something to do yeah. that anyway. So just stick with it. But yeah, your brother in a big giant thing of armor. That's the deal. And I remember, too, if I'm not uh, wrong, one of the things that I did really like about the anime right away is the little boy voice coming from the armor. Uh, yeah. That made me that made me giggle with the echo going on. That's like one of the only things now I can remember <laughs> thinking back at it. But I did like that. Um, but yeah, I I like this and I like it enough. It's not the greatest chapter, but like you said, you set up power sets. You see what Edward could really do if you anger him. You see the villain behind the curtain, and that's starting. And the whole idea of who father is, like, oh my god, that's cool. You see that they're pretty bad, but as well. But you also see what they're doing, the mission statement, also why, how they got the way they are. Yeah, exactly. And they don't even totally explain their origin, right? Like, they give you a taste. You don't know what happens between sacrificing Ed's arm and leg and where where they are today, right? And all you see is he summoned some sort of horrific monster and bound his brother's soul yeah. into a suit of armor, right? Like, was that thing, you know, violent? Did they put it out of its misery? Like In a cave somewhere? Yeah. Did he pass out without having limbs and blood loss? Like, who knows? So there's a good teaser on the origin. They give you enough of the origin to explain, if you're reading that first chapter, why the hell are we following some big giant suit of armor that that doesn't have anything in it, really, but a soul? And how did this arm and leg, stuff like that, and that's explained. Like you said, and it's funny, too, because it isn't a complete origin, but at this point until you get, it's enough for me to go forward and... Like you said, like how many towns have they been in? What have they done? I just like that you're like, okay, we we find them as they get to this new town where they hear rumors about stuff. Now they have to go. And you also see how different, like this isn't just, okay, that town, let's just go to the next neighboring town. They're, they have a plan. They find out things. They hear rumors and, and go and do that. So I thought it was really good. But uh, what would you give it? Uh, last thing I'll say is the art is phenomenal. It's like better than most manga that I read. Just a little bit more detailed. Um, and I think I was listening to, oh gosh, what was it? Uh, Burn the Witch. And you were complaining about everything being too close. And I'd say these these fight scenes are pretty pretty much at the right distance. You can tell yeah. what's going on. and Yeah, you can see the choreography of it. You can see what's going on with it. Not just a, okay, I see an eyeball. And then you see a fist. That drives me nuts. Also, with that, you say the art, and these are oversized chapters still. You know, this is a almost 50-page second chapter, and it it's the art's really good throughout. A lot of times, you know, you would guess that the art could be really kick-butt if it's a 20-page deal, but this is, you know, double, if not more, of that, so... It is yeah. really, really good. I, I do. And for what I understand, really is like good. only the second story that Arakawa had done, uh, and for a number two, like she's a big talent. Yeah, <laughs> just to just to come out with something this good as your second. And thing just on the to, shelf. to point that out, this is a female creator that a lot of people aren't even aware of. I mean, people who love Full Metal Alchemist would be well aware yeah. of that, but some people aren't aware of it, and that is pretty impressive. Just pretty impressive overall, anyway. But it is. 
you know, when this came out, a tough thing. There weren't a lot of female creators in manga, so it's one of the biggest books, and that's that's pretty cool. So you have yeah. that, but again, it, it's good. What would you give this? Third time reading it through, I'm probably closer to a seven, but if I take a step back and think like, okay, this is when you first see their origin and, you know, just trying to just trying to think what would I have thought of this if this was my first read through, probably closer to seven, five or eight in that range. Yeah, I'm going eight just because, again, I I couldn't remember anything from when I read it originally. When I read it, I actually and it's more again. Not that it wowed me, but it did it not wow me because I did know that they didn't bring the mom back and that's how it happened. But it's still giving it's giving you big information in in one chapter. You get a couple big things in here. And I think it's played out well of us like, holy crap, like Ed's really powerful. They really still still makes me laugh that Rose just gets left behind. I mean, that really sets (laughs) up like the craziness of. Well, I guess they, they love them and leave them in this one. Uh, but I like that enough. Like, again, I don't need extraneous Rose anyway. I mean, I mean what was she going to contribute? Nothing at yeah. all. Nothing. So if there would have been a thing where they were legitimately, if you didn't mess up the whole deal with the mom and somehow this was still trying to break, then you would have, okay, she wants to learn the alchemy. She'll come. But yeah, with, yeah. with you not bringing back the dead, there's no reason for her to just I'm really shocked that she just didn't start just following them around and like listen you gotta because she yeah. does seem like a big follower like, get out yeah. of here we don't need you but she was left crying looking up into the sky uh but yeah you end up where again you have two chapters too and when you get to this town you almost have like you know a reset deal like okay let's get going with this now that we have the info we need those two chapters I think did a good job of at least giving us enough to go on and get interested in it. So I'm going to give it an eight. Uh, But yeah, we'll see as we go on, if those scores increase, Uh, I think they will. They definitely will. Yeah. yeah, You told me, yeah, you, you, I don't know, tell me how much you love it. So I, I would think that they would, but that is the end of the first episode. And these will be coming out on the weeks like they'll jump back and forth with the death note and we'll go every other week with this yeah shout out to jason i i enjoyed that and i jumped on the the death note reading wagon and am enjoying the kind of read along with you guys on that yeah so that's cool yeah so everybody you know listen to that as well listen to all the podcasts but yeah with that let us know too if you like this and you can do that over on twitter at weird manga you know if you follow us we'll follow you back then you can dm me and say I like Ruben, but you're a jerk, Jim. That's what usually happens. So I'm like, all <laughs> right, whatever. To my, uh, my tweet about that, I tried to play that card and get a rise from you. Jason was uh, tweeting, saying like, hey, here's my you know first recording. What do you guys think? And I had to put in a, you were fantastic, but the other guy, I don't know about him. Yeah, I saw him. I, and the thing is, a lot of times <laughs> when those tweets come, Luke gets to him first and I don't see him. I saw yeah. nonsense. You know your nonsense. <laughs> but yes, and, and also like, we get on the Walking Dead uh, podcast where Stork writes in and has to, everybody has to make fun of me. Oh, you guys are jerks. I'm well, going to end up like Edward. You, man. That's, I'm that's just going to leave you behind. I'm going to get on the train. <laughs> ah, yes. But, yeah, thanks, everybody, for listening. Like I said, let us know what you think. We'll continue every other week with it. Thank you for joining me, Ruben. And right, thanks, we will Jim. talk to you in a couple weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm.